Hello, this is Dr. Eggman interrupting this broadcast to beckon you not listen to the new Sonic Adventure Games Club over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Do not sign up at the $10 DJ Toad tier to get all new episodes of Sonic Adventure Games Club. Do not support patreon.com slash supernpcradio's in-depth coverage of Sonic Adventure and those godforsaken chows. Support me, Dr. Eggman. I stand for progress. I stand for Sorry to ruin your fun, egghead, but no one can stop people from listening to the Sonic Adventure Games Club over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Freaks love this stuff. Right, Otacon? That's right, Sonic. I just missed myself. Yo, foiled again. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special, memorable, and why our guest may have brought it on today, as we will get into the context of how and well, uh, this is, I'm I'm interrupting myself already, Uh, how and when... Uh, I've said how and well two episodes in a row. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what that's about, but how and when our guest fell in love with it uh, and had this meaningful time. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, anything that my guest or I plugged today, you can find a link in the show notes. So if you want to uh, check us out on social media, you can just go ahead and click in there. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are uh, also... Our entire network is on Discord, so if you want to join our Discord to have uh, friendly, uh, fun conversations with uh, some wonderful people about any show on the network, you can do that as well from the link in the show notes. If you want to support the show, well, hey, listener, you're in luck because you can do that. Here's a few ways. Uh, You can leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, Uh, and if you do that on Apple, I can read those, and if you leave us a review anywhere else, feel free to send that to me because I'd love to read it on the show. Uh, It means a lot when people leave us reviews, and it also helps more people like you find us. Uh, So feel free to do that wherever you listen. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on to discuss for the main event today. And lastly, if you want to support us, the best way you can do that is checking us out on Patreon. Uh, We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, and that is where all of the bonus video game content from this network lives. Uh, We've got about four weekly shows that release for free every week on public feeds, but if you like us on the network, uh, we've got a ton of bonus stuff for you there. Um, At our $10 DJ Toad tier, you get three bonus podcasts a week. That's 12 a month, including coming out. uh, Well, as as at the time of this release, um, we have just begun our Sonic Adventure Games Club. Uh, So if you like that uh, Dreamcast launch title or you're just curious of what the heck is going on, we're going to be going through that in a book club style format over 12 weeks and episode one is out. In fact, two days from now, you can listen to that entire episode in this feed for free. Uh, And uh, if you want to 
hear the rest of it and a bunch of other crap, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, There's a link in the show notes for you there. That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for today's episode. So please welcome to the microphone, writer and script coordinator, Andrew Jostra. Hello. How's it going? Hey, pal. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, And I'm really excited to have you on the show today for just countless reasons. (laughs) Uh, But as you know, and and many of our listeners do, uh, I like to uh, familiarize the listeners with how I know our guest and I realize, actually, um, we've known each other for eight years, which oh, wow, f- which is crazy and feels substantial. And sure, we don't see each other very often now, but uh, but we have, you know, that that length of time it, it gives us some credibility. <laughs> but we met way back when uh, working on an animated film at Paramount Pictures called yep. Wonder Park, which did eventually come out. Which I honestly <laughs> I was yeah. doubtful for a while. <laughs> Yeah, that that was an experience. Uh, I think that was both of our first uh, feature animated features. Yep. yep. Yes. Um, Yeah, that was wild. It was like, like you said, eight years ago, and uh, crazy. It was it was supposed to be the first kind of like flagship feature animated film from Paramount Animation, and Mm -hmm. it it just took a really long time to get made. And uh, yes. Had a lot of had a lot of issues, but um, but we learned a lot from it. So <laughs> hey, yes, we did. Uh, and yeah, I just I have so many like vivid memories of working out of. I don't even remember what the building was called on the lot, but like the the building that we were all in, and it was a really you know while it was uh, a learning experience, and there was a lot there was it was a bit tumultuous. At the same time, it was really cool to be doing that, uh, and just like. It was my first time being around like artists yeah, consistently yeah. and seeing animators do their thing. Um, and of course, how I got to meet uh, and get to know you a little bit. And it was so nice to have like you and Troy and Roxy, yep, uh, yep. just like our little crew as the as assistants on that thing. Uh, yeah, it was great. But um, I, I've probably rambled about that uh, a, a bit. And I'm sure <laughs> we'll talk about some more common ground and other things uh, that might come up from our memories. But yeah. Who are you and what do you want to tell the listener about yourself? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess most recently and, and, uh, the coolest thing that I've been working on is, uh, I was a script coordinator for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, um, which, uh, is now in theaters everywhere. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been working on that for the past two and a half years, which has been, uh, amazing and insane and um yeah easily easily the like highlight of my career so far um That's so cool and it's it's funny like talking about wonder park that kind of like brings it back that i ended up at first i was working at nickelodeon on this movie and once we got deeper into production we needed more resources and bigger space so they moved us over to the paramount lot no way. <laughs> so it was like the first time I'd been back there since then. So it was like, this is really weird. We were in a different building. Yeah. Um, but like totally, you know, totally different experience this time around. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that, that's been so much fun and just consumed my life for the past couple of years. And, uh, yes. um, and you know, that, that role kind of consists of, you know, when you're script coordinator, it's yes, it's definitely a lot of managing different drafts of the script as it comes in and, 
getting those to all the people that need it and, and kind of making sure everything that in the storyboards is matching what's in the script and what's different, tracking all those changes. Um, but the other part of my job that was like super cool and fun was just getting to set up and do all of the recording sessions with the talent. And this incredible. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. This, this cast was like insane. Like obviously for, for real teenagers, uh, playing the turtles and we'd get them together at the same time. Um, which was was chaos but amazing and uh and then obviously with somebody like seth rogan producing it like pulling in all these amazing actors like ice cube and rose Byrne and paul rudd um yeah so that was that was just surreal and amazing to watch those sessions and be a fly on the wall so i um, bet yeah so that was a lot of fun and then so yeah right now i'm just kind of on hiatus, hoping uh, hoping I'll get to work on the second one, which has been announced now. Um, Very cool. But uh, but also, you know, I'm, I'm working towards becoming a writer. That's what I want to be doing. And um, hey, you are a writer, Mister. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just in practicing what I tell myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, which is it's a, a a tumultuous time to want to do that. But yes. uh, but hopefully we'll all be be better off in a few months here. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm hopeful uh, that we will be. So, uh, you know, yeah, I guess shout out to all of us who are going through, uh, you know, uh, strike in in Hollywood and for for so many good reasons. Um, But, uh, dude, that's uh, so cool. It's fun. You know, I've gotten to, like, follow along a little bit um, via your social media on, you know, and sort of, like, getting to enjoy your excitement and your – seeming you know i'm sure you know a job is a job but like uh your uh the fun it seems that you've really gotten to have on that project so uh congratulations that's oh, like thank it's you. so much thank fun you. and it's fun too because like you know i mean i grew up a huge ninja turtles fan i actually have like got like the four original like action figures over here <laughs> yes. um but there's also some like it's it's fun because to me at least because there's they're, they've been in so many video games and there's been so many great Turtles games. Uh, I don't know if you got to play um, TMNT Shredder's Revenge Oh, of course. All? Yeah, I, I was very close to choosing that game for this one. But oh, yes. It, uh, it's so new. I was like, ah, I got I to gotta pick something that's a little, little closer to my heart. But uh, I totally. love, love Shredder's Revenge. And I love that it was like a lot easier than turtles in time. Um, yes, me too. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, I've played, I've played all those games. I've not beaten all of them because yeah, um, they're impossible, but um, no shredder's revenge was great. I'm really excited for the, the downloadable uh, content they're adding later this year. Me too. I, I was like in a very fortunate situation where when that game came out, I got to play, I basically played through the whole game in two sessions with friends online and, the first time we played, we had a full roster of six of us. Oh, wow. And the next time was five. So we basically got to play the full game. Like, we were on a Zoom, too, yeah, just yeah. having a blast. So when that DLC comes out, I'll be really excited <laughs> about it. Uh, and I'll have to hit you up to see if you want to uh, play it all. No, um, I'd love to. How was it? I So I played just solo. What, yes, what, wow. what was it? How was it playing, like, with a team? Was It, it uh, was yeah. so, like chaotic but at the same time was still very very enjoyable yeah um i think they i'm really impressed by the developers that they could make that game still like still make 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 it feel like it made sense while Mm -hmm. you were playing it because of you know six different characters with their abilities and all the enemies that are on the screen and um 
yeah, it was it was so much fun too, and like the camaraderie was great, and the, there's the communication of like, oh, I need the pizza, or like this guy <laughs> needs the pizza, or like, hey, you get the special, you got this move. Uh, oh man, it was like truly one of the highlights of last summer for me. Uh, so much fun. Um, it was it was so fun. I uh, I brought it into work several days with the intention oh, nice. of us playing. We never had time, <laughs> <laughs> of course, because uh, we were busy, but. Um, but it was yeah, it was one of those things when I got home. I was like, okay, gotta, I gotta finish it's this. Time. Yeah, yeah. What was it like playing solo? Um, I assume still an enjoyable experience. But it was still totally great. Different. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, like like uh, again compared to the previous Turtles games, it was just it was nice that I wasn't having to, you know, replay every level fifty times to, <laughs> to get. Yes. Um, and there, yeah, as it as it went on, there were a couple that that yeah i had i had to do two or three times before i got past it so um, totally but i just i i love the art style love that they went with that old classic like 16 or 32 bit whatever it was and um the soundtrack and using the voices of the mm-hmm. original turtles and um calling back to a lot of the like little sprites and reactions from other games uh yes. other turtles games it was no it was uh really well done it was uh Gosh, there's it was just so many good memories from those afternoons playing, and yeah, I was so impressed. And anyway, yeah. um, enough about turtles, I guess for now. But uh, but Andrew, I want to hear about your general history uh, with video games. But before we do, um, will you give us a little preview uh, and let us know what you brought on today and call me by your game? Yeah. So uh, today I brought Super Mario Brothers, the original Nintendo Entertainment System classic. From 1985, yeah. Only took 174 episodes for someone to bring on, like, maybe the most important video game of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I I was Um, shocked it hadn't hadn't been done yet, but... uh, Yes. Yeah. I I was talking to a friend, uh, a friend who was staying with me in town this weekend, and uh, saying that I was going to record this episode, um, and I was like, well, at this point, the only mainline Marios uh, that I can think of that we haven't done are... Super Mario Bros. 2, which I adore. I love that one. Uh, 2 and the Galaxy games. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, after that, there's a few that we haven't done. But, like, we've done uh, Super Mario Bros. 1 as of today. 3, World, 64, Sunshine. It's, yeah, anyway. uh, We're we're slowly, like, uh, uh, eliminating uh, the missing links on our list. But... (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to hear from you uh, about your time with that game later, but let's get into your history. Do you remember taking an interest in video games at an early age, or were they something that was just around? Yeah, so it <clears throat> my uh, my parents really didn't let me have my own console until I was about nine or ten. So for me, and it this was is just a Florida law. Correct? <laughs> it's just a yeah. In Florida, things are a little different. You get you get like a gun when you're three, but you wow, yeah, um, no consoles though. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, it uh, and like at the time, obviously, I was very uh, yeah resentful and was like, oh, I you know I wish I had one. Just all my friends have one, but like looking back now, I'm kind of glad that they did it just because like. It, it made it a lot more special when I did go to friends' houses that had consoles. Sure. And also at home, it it forced me to just use my imagination more. I was a huge action figures kid. I loved having little battles and stuff. And I think that's what kind of like 
first got me interested in making up my own stories and that kind of thing. So for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I would go over to, to friends houses. My best friend, Josh had a super Nintendo, uh, that would play on a lot. Um, but really for me, like what was, what was the most special was my, my dad's best friend, Greg, who's my godfather, um, had an old NES in his basement. Um, and this was, this was actually in Buffalo, like before we moved down. Um, but we would go back and visit them every summer. And, uh, anytime we were there, I would, I would sneak down to the basement and like, you know, in the wee hours, whether super early before anybody woke up or like super late at night, I'd be down there. And it was like kind of (laughs) creepy. Like, yeah, (laughs) like it's, it's dark. It's like, I'm this little kid. And, but there's this old, like, you know, wooden TV that, uh, that had the NES hook up to it. And they, they had a few games, but it was always super Mario brothers that I put in there. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, gosh, what a, I, I have some like vivid memories from my own life of like playing consoles at other people's houses or just like, you know, sort of exploring houses that were, we were visiting. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, it's often like when I, we would be visiting my family in the St. Louis area, whether it was like, uh, my grandparents, they had like, I don't know what it was like in Buffalo, but at least in the Midwest, there's a lot of those, like there's, there's sort of three story houses, but there's really like a basement, yep. a middle entrance area, and then the second story, really. Yeah, um, th- yeah. There's a lot of that there too. That must be just like that part of the country. But. Yeah, I wonder if it. It could. I, I've. I don't need to get in the specifics of why. <laughs> I'll, we could be here all day on yeah, yeah. Uh, house structures, but uh, <laughs> I just love hearing from you about like that specific creepy basement. Um, you don't have to do. I'm gonna have you do scene painting way later in sure, the episode, sure. but. Do you remember well, – you know what? Hold on. I'm going to hold because it was about Super Mario Brothers. So okay, okay. false alarm, my bad. Um, so that that's really cool. Well, do you remember when you first were able to have your own game system or like what got you there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, I think a little bit earlier, maybe seven or eight, uh, I finally got a Game Boy Color. Um, cool. And it was before we were going on – I think we we're a summer vacation. We were going on a road trip and uh, my parents were like, okay, like this, this will keep him entertained and, yes. and he's old <laughs> enough now. So um, I got, I got the, the turquoise uh, Game Boy color. And uh, of course, being a creature of habit, um, the, the first, yep. Oh my God. You had this it right guy. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That exact little, one uh, for the, for the listener, I, as soon as Andrew said it, I like hurriedly tried to get get mine off the shelf behind me, but I've got a little Game Boy Pocket uh, or Game Boy camera on it. But yeah, beautiful baby. Well, um, Sorry yeah, to interrupt I, you. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, first game I got for it and played that whole trip was Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which oh, had nice. which had classic Super Mario Brothers along with I think just the old arcade Mario Brothers like on it. Yeah. Um, and it was it was super cool. It was like a little bit different than the NES version because this is really nerdy, but the aspect ratio of the screen wasn't exactly the same. So it'd have to like pan and tilt when you jumped, which was a little jarring at first. Um, But that was also, yeah, I, I loved playing it on there. I, I have no idea how we were able to see that thing as children. (laughs) Like, uh, 
It uh, like just hopefully when the sun was up, you're just against a window, yeah, and could could angle your Game Boy correctly. Uh, well, to be fair though, I, I do want to affirm you sharing the the differences in the game and and because that was a significant thing. It felt like oh yeah, um, that aspect ratio being different and smaller. Uh, if you're especially if you're used to playing the original, like that's an adjustment. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I think. I think as a kid, it didn't really bother me too much. But mm-hmm. years later, I turned it on just to play it. And I was like, how did well, this is <laughs> this is confusing. Um, yes. Yeah. It uh, but it was super cool. And it had it, um, you know, playing it on the, the Game Boy. It had these additional challenges where you could unlock little stickers and, and stuff like that. That was different mm. from the NES version. So, um. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But yeah, that was that was my first that was my first system. Uh, cool. And then a couple of years later, uh, 64 was my first like home console. Nice. Which I got for Christmas and was very excited about. And uh, but yeah, like the first those first two generations of NES and Super NES um, was was all from playing at friends houses, which, yeah. um, you know, which yeah, I think uh, looking back, that's why I'm like so nostalgic for it, just because it was it brings back those memories of of being with them and spending hours trying to beat games and um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I want to ask, I'll, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the N64, but playing the Super Nintendo at your did you say Josh? Yeah, yeah. At, at Josh's house, do you remember any games that you two would play on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Super Mario World, for sure. Um, cool. We also, like, we were both still huge movie nerds, so we would play a lot of movie video games, which, yes. which as you know, are mostly terrible. And, and yeah. um, But we, I remember us playing uh, Indiana Jones a lot, which is oh, wow. really hard. Um, I don't think we, like, we could get past the boulder, which was, like, the first level. <laughs> but after that, it's just, yeah, it got impossible. Um there's a Jurassic Park game that was like mm-hmm. first person, which. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Uh, and Aladdin. Aladdin was a big one. Oh, which is, That classic. still holds up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is one movie game or like movie tie in on that generation that is allegedly great. And I actually have, but barely ever have played yeah. is a hook. Really? I yeah. didn't. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to assume you grew up and you've seen, you saw that movie growing up. Possibly. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. An all time, like truly still one, a very, very special movie to me, but that game is like by all accounts, a fantastic one. So it's nice to have like the rare yeah. good movie tie in as opposed to the, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> trash pile of bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. No, I'll, I'll have to go back and play that. That's super. Yeah. Cool. Um, so when it comes to the N64 being your first home console, yep. uh, what games do you remember enjoying on that or that stick out to you to this day? Yeah, um, I, I loved that Mario Kart, uh, which mm. I what's what's crazy is is Josh and none of my other friends had Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. So that was oh. that was my first Mario Kart uh, was 64. So that was amazing and felt like a giant leap into the future for base mm-hmm. you know um uh of course golden eye um, 
uh, trying to think what else. Like people don't talk about this one quite as much, but I, I remember having it and for Christmas this year, I got like the peripherals of the steering wheel and uh, pedals and used it with cruising world. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. I remember that it just like a crazy soundtrack and like, you know, all these ridiculous cars driving different. Yeah. Each, each level was a different country. And, um, <laughs> And yeah, I remember, I remember like my grandparents using it and, uh, uh, it, it being probably harder than using just the 64 controller, probably, but it was, yeah. but it was still fun just to like pretend and, uh, um, trying to think of what else, uh, obviously Super Mario 64, Donkey mm. Kong, Banjo-Kazooie, um, and, oh, I mean, uh, another one that I, I would have considered as one of my favorite games, Shadows of the Empire. Um, oh, yes. Just because I felt like that was the first, like, great Star Wars video game. Um, yes. Yeah. That was That is a game that I love myself a Star Wars game, but I admittedly have probably played 5% of them. Yeah, same. Um, that is one that I didn't even know existed as a kid, but... I do remember seeing the Stormtrooper on my N64 box. Oh, and I was like, yeah. what's that? I guess that has to do with Rogue Squadron, which I had, but uh, yep, yep. it must have been Shadows. Yeah. Yeah, Dang. it was it was uh yeah, that was that was a huge game. I I you know, Toy Line and they made a soundtrack for it and wow. all this stuff. Like they they almost treated it like a movie release. Um but uh yeah, we loved we loved playing that one and uh that's so cool yeah did, um, did you you know after this point did you continue to was it like the start of your personal gaming journey were you getting did you continue to get consoles after this yes yeah um I like like luckily after so yeah i was around nine or ten and um you know like my my parents like limited like i, I had asked permission to use it and yes just so that i wasn't on there all the time which again i appreciate now um yeah but yeah after after that i i kind of like went back and forth between that and other stuff like my next yeah. one was the playstation 2 um cool i missed out on the gamecube completely like uh -huh. I, I played that at some friend's house but um got ps2 and then from there um i think in high school i got the 360 Xbox 360 and the Wii like in the oh, same nice. couple of months. Uh -huh. um, and those were like, I, I feel like that's when I was playing the most video games and all my friends were really into games at that point. And, you know, online play was becoming a, a thing. And uh, yeah, um, I was even playing on console a little bit at that point too. Uh, like it was just every, every system. Um, yes. And so I'd love to ask you about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I one thing I want to hear about is like what were some of those experience like group experiences that stick out to you from that period? Yeah, man. I uh, you know, I think there was there was a place in Orlando uh called Beat the Box, which was sort of like a land party type of place. Oh, cool, yeah. And they had these amazing console setups with like chairs that uh, were recliners and they had like sound bubbles above your head that would, like put individual, you know, so that, so you could not have to have headphones on and still hear what's coming from your system. And um, 
so a bunch of us would go over there and, you know, you could pay, I, I forget, it wasn't that much, but you could pay just to play for like several hours. So we would play, I think, Halo 3 online. Nice. And um, I'm trying to remember else what was big at that time, but it was a lot of that, a lot of Guitar Hero 2. Oh, nice. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember us spending hours, especially one summer, like on summer vacation, us just like going on there constantly and yes. and playing. Um, did you, would you play guitar hero at this, uh, place? Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had guitars oh, so there. You got like an audience. Yeah. It was, it was cool. It was wild. Um, and then that, that kind of care, like once, once got a, into college, uh, I went to university of Florida and, um, rock band came out and that became like a social thing for a while. Like, yeah. like, you know, 10 of us would go over to somebody's house that had rock band and like, just be, it was, it was really funny, but fun. Um, it's a blast with that. It's one of those games that comes up, not, not on every episode, but like every seemingly like seven or eight, because so many people had like a similar experience of like, it being something that brought people together, like an activity to just make hanging out easier. Almost. Yeah. 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 That's it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. I, uh, I can remember like lugging pieces of the kit around <laughs> to different people's <laughs> dorm rooms and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was good times. Oh, that's great. Um, after so like maybe after college was um have you since you had such a significant period gaming have you had did you have a period afterwards where you took like a, a break from gaming or that was like a, a big lull i often refer to it as the dark period the dark period yes. um yeah i i feel like yeah like since since graduating which was like 12 years ago at this point. Jeez. Um, I, I feel the same way. I'm like, how is this possible? (laughs) Yeah. There, there have been chunks of time where, yeah, it just didn't have time. And, and when there was time, it felt like a chore, which, which sucks, but yeah, it like, there'd be a lot of nights I'd, I'd get home from work, just absolutely drained. And, the idea of it was appealing, but it was just like, ah, like I, I just don't have the mental capacity, yeah. especially, especially for something where you want to like, you know, if it's an RPG or something story driven, you really want to pay attention to the story. Um, so yeah, more often than not, I, I ended up just not playing. I think, I think definitely that period while we were on wonder park, I probably didn't yes. play much of anything. Um, um, yeah, those, those first few years I was out here and then, uh, I think I think once the switch came out, like I was really excited about it. I got the switch. I played quite a bit when it, you know, those first launch titles nice. happened. And then I think I think again, I just got busy again, and, yep. and it sat in a corner for a while. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, the past like past couple of years with Turtles, I've I've had time here and there, but mm-hmm. more often than not, I'll just put on something that um, can be a quick, you know. 15 30 minute diversion like either either a game of overwatch or yes a game of Fortnite, something where i don't really have to use my brain too much and totally but you can sort of like engage with it yeah still yeah i 
That is so relatable, you know, especially as we get older and, <laughs> yeah, and work yeah. becomes serious. Uh, I totally relate to that. Um, I've got a couple more questions for you about your history with gaming. Uh, the first of which, has there been a game uh, of note in the last couple years that we maybe haven't talked about that you're like, ooh, I really want to highlight uh, this game or one that you've been playing lately? Oh, boy. Um there's some there's some indies that I've really enjoyed the past mm. couple of years. Uh, I think it came out 2020. I I played a lot in 2020 because I was yes. at home <laughs> and not working, and so I had a ton of time. Um, there was an indie called A Short Hike. Are you have you heard of that one? I I even have it on my Switch, but I've yet to turn it on. Yeah, it's it's delightful. It oh. uh, you're you're just a bird who who's uh, going for a hike and thinking about life. Um, yes. But it has lots of little <laughs> fun little puzzles and platforming type of things. But what I love about it is it has an old like eight or sixteen bit style, and you can toggle it between that and just a, a normal uh, oh, cool. rendering. And um, it's it's very fun. I'm not I'm not pitching it very well, but yeah. no, it's a very it's a are. short game. It's probably like three hours or something, very um, nice. maybe four. But um, but it's and the soundtrack's great. All the visuals are really beautiful. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's that's a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think about what, the, another one that uh, my fiance and I love playing together uh, is uh, Towerfall Ascension. Um, oh yes yeah i've heard of towerfall which uh you know you can play as a co-op uh um and it's uh it's very difficult as it gets farther along but uh, again that's another like retro 8-bit style cool fighting game um but yeah there's the more recent ones another one that i always like talk about with people it's a little bit older but it's one of my favorite games that i feel like it's deserves more love is yeah uh, on the 3ds uh link between worlds um, oh boy what a game <laughs> yeah that that one is is i put it up in probably my my top 10 favorite oh games. nice um just because i really uh you know I, I loved link to the past and this was just like recreated that experience for me so yeah um i really love that one I, I love that too. Uh, I've probably talked about it on this show or other shows on our network, but yeah. um, when that game came out, I had just gotten a, th- uh, a 3DS. Well, actually, like a, a 2DS. Like, remember the doorstop looking yep, thing they yep. released? So that was my first 3DS console, and I got that for Christmas. And I had dabbled with A Link to the Past growing up, but never finished it. Um, and even that aside, like, I adored. Link Between Worlds. It's it's so good. I think it's one of the best Zeldas. And uh, um, current so two years ago, this is a this is a way for me to make it into a plug before we hit the break. But yeah. uh, we we always do a games club on the network. Uh, and two years ago, we covered eighteen of the Legend of Zelda games um, on our Patreon feed. But now those are coming out on a free feed. Um, uh, just our Super NPC Radio uh, Games Club feed and. Uh, we just promoted the Link to the Past episode today, and pretty soon the Link Between Worlds episode will come out. So for you or anyone out there who wants to finally hear those, uh, they are available. Awesome. Sorry, could you hear my cat screaming? I can. <laughs> I'm so one. sorry. Dude, no worries at all. Um, but that is that is good timing because um, I'll go ahead and just you know take us to a quick break. So, um, But before I do, thank you so much for sharing you know about yourself and 
your history with video games in general. Um, yeah, we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about all things Super Mario Brothers. So I'll see you on the other side. Sounds good. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, I, Connor McCabe, am here with Andrew Jostra to discuss Super Mario Brothers. Andrew, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Did it sound like I said Andu a little <laughs> bit? Did you hear that? I didn't catch it, but, okay. you know. Well, now the listener can go ahead and just rewind 15 seconds or so to see, but I was thinking I maybe said that. It's not <laughs> not important, but... Uh, it's okay. I've been called worse. It's all right. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's as worse as bad as it's going to get today. Um, like I was telling you, uh, we're going to go ahead and just do a little table setting for Super Mario Brothers, even though it might feel as unnecessary as I've ever done. And then we'll get into your history. So, cool. uh, what is Super Mario Brothers? Uh, I'm not even reading the Wikipedia that I normally have up. It is uh, a platform video game developed by uh, Nintendo and released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1985. Um, it is a successor to the 1983 arcade game Mario Brothers. And if anyone out there, I know, Andrew, you've played Mario Brothers. Uh, yep. If anyone hasn't played it, it's a more arcade style one screen game where you are running around as Mario and Luigi um, basically trying to clear the stage of enemies. Uh, it's not a side-scroller, side-scrolling platformer, but there are some elements that are there. Um, this game was also released, of course, for the Famicom in Japan, and it remains one of the most uh, influential, if not the most influential and iconic video games of all time. We're talking about the original one um, with the with the uh, 8-bit graphics on the NES, um, and really there's a there's not much to be said about it for, for me personally um i will list a couple of credits here though um it was developed by uh, allegedly nintendo r&d4 so that's research and development for uh directed and created of course by shigeru miyamoto famous nintendo designer um also on the project was takashi tezuka who's also famous for his work on the zelda series with miyamoto and the music was composed by Koji Kondo, of course, the famous Mario composer. I mean, it's one of the best-selling games of all time. It spanned an entire series, influenced all sorts of genres. Um, one funny little detail, though, I don't know if you know this, that they're, they've, the hist- history has been unable to identify a specific release date for this game in the in the in North America at least, really? um, it's just listed as October 1985, hmm. um, and they're yeah. pretty sure it was a launch title for the for the system. But like, they haven't even been able to like officially confirm that, which is very strange. Wow. Um. Anyway, I mean that's just some basic info about the game. You go through. I mean, of course, just like many of the games, you're playing as Mario or Luigi. Uh, going through a series of worlds and levels to eventually save uh, Princess Toadstool uh, from Bowser at the end of the game. Uh, are there any like you know details or bullet points about this game uh, that you think would be important to include before we get into your history with it? Oh man, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's the big stuff. I know that certain versions of the NES um, 
that came with like a bundle that came with like the laser gun and and stuff uh, came with a cartridge that had both Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers on it, um, which yes. is I, I think that's how I first played it uh, at, at my Godfather's basement. Um, it's the only version I've personally ever seen, and yeah. it's the one that I have. So I definitely uh, I. I associate the two together like probably everyone. And yep, yep. we do these um, occasional episodes on another show on our network, Video Games, a comedy show, where essentially what it is is it's a fantasy football-style draft in a desert island scenario, but we do it with like a console. Mm. And we did our NES draft last year. Um, and so this was one of the games – I think it maybe was my first pick was Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers. Um, there were a couple games I wanted before it like – Zelda oh, yeah. and Mario yeah. three, but like once it got to that, I was like, "Yeah, hey, two games in one, I'm taking it." Yeah, yeah, no, it's a um, good, good deal. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out well <laughs> for me. Um, uh, it also probably goes without saying that uh, Mario is not just a video game. There, uh, it, it spanned. There's animated series, several movies, including the new one that came out this year and did very very well. There's toys. There's Mario food that's out there. There's even have you been to the theme park at Universal Studios or the the section there? I have, yeah. I um. Oh nice. Ha- What'd you think? I haven't been to the one here in LA yet. I wait. Oh cool. We went. My fiance and I went to Japan last year, and so mm. we went to uh, that version. And wow, uh, it was super cool. It's and it's it's not that much different than ours. Yeah. It's a little bit different, but um, it, for a small area, it's it's very immersive. Like when you walk through the warp pipe uh you really do feel like you've just you stepped into that world like the, the first cool. when i did in japan like i i teared up just because it was like oh. I'm, I'm in the game it's insane um the the mario kart ride that they have there is very cool it's um you know you have augmented reality glasses that you put okay. on so you kind of are able to be playing the game as you're moving around and there, but also even if you didn't have the goggles on, there's some really cool like animatronics and parts of the course. Um, and then there's a, there's a second ride that they have in Japan that they don't have here. That's like a Yoshi ride, oh. which is kind of generous to call it a ride. Cause it's really <laughs> just like a tiny little circle where you're on a Yoshi and you get a good view of the rest of the park. Um, Almost like a carousel. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, I'm trying to think of anything that we have here like it i hate to compare it to this but like at california adventure they had heimlich's choo-choo train a while back where you just went in this tiny little circle on heimlich it was kind of like that but a mario themed version of that um the the best part about it is there's a part where you go into a cave and there's some animatronics and figures and they have uh baby mario riding yoshi (laughs) and uh poochie in there so that 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 made it worth it um that's Sounds pretty cute. Yeah, uh, but I, I think cool. the highlight of that entire land is the game that you can play when you when you buy these wristbands that are interactive with the land, hmm. and they've got question mark blocks all over that you can interact with and actually collect points on an app hmm. on your phone. Um, but if you, I'm not sure how they do, if it's either like keys or stars, but you can do different challenges, and then there is a boss level where you fight. Uh, Bowser Jr. and like shoot fireballs at him. Oh, that's um, cool. Which uh, is very, yeah, very cool. But I, I honestly think that is probably the most fun part of that whole land. So interesting. Yeah. Oh well, 
sure makes me want to finally visit the one here. But uh, anyway, Mario, yeah, yeah. Big, big thing. There's a, a lot going on. But I, you know, we're here to hear about, you know, your history with this game. You s- sort of got into it earlier talking about visiting your your dad's best friend, Greg. <laughs> yep. Yeah, good memory. Okay, great. Only yep. had to remember two names on this podcast. I'm two <laughs> for two. Um, but was that your first interaction with this game specifically, or had you seen it before? No, I think that was that was the first time. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was it was it was so early. Like I, I probably the first time I played it there, I think I was probably three years old. So yeah. Um, it's it's barely a memory, but um, I. It was very formative for me for some reason. Uh, I yeah. think um, I think it just going down the darkness of that basement just kind of like put all of my focus on the game. So I felt like <laughs> I was just getting sucked into that world. And the TV was glowing as you stepped down, almost yeah. beckoning. <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, it was so cool, and just every everything about it just appealed to me. the The music, the color palette, the um, you know, it was, it was simple enough for it, for someone, a three-year-old to be playing it, but I, I never beat it while I was there. It was years yes. later that I beat it. We can talk about that later, but, um, uh, and, um, uh, uh, Greg's wife, Sue, Sue Pope, um, she knew all of the like secrets where the hidden question mark boxes were and where oh, all the one-ups fun. were and that. So she, had memorized a lot of those and taught me and I, I memorized all of them and was able to find where the warp zones were and, um, you know, got, got progressively better at it every time I visited them until, until I got the Game Boy version, which is when I finally beat it. But yes. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Uh, there it, I had a similar experience growing up in the sense that like I had like adults who, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was just my parents who, also knew where those secrets were and that was mind-blowing to me as a kid that a they knew but b that there that it existed whether it would be a you know like a one-up box that's like at this particular pixel of one one that you jump and hit or if it was like yeah going into the the underground level i think one two and finding warps to other levels i don't know if you remember how you felt about that but i it's it was transformative almost for me oh it it blew my mind and like looking back on it 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 it's crazy that that's how because now you know if if you're if you're feeling lazy and stuck on a level like you just pull out your phone and you (laughs) you know takes 10 seconds um but yeah back then it was either people that bought the guides that they Mm -hmm. sold or or you knew some friend's older brother that had figured it out or you know yeah um, which yeah, gave it kind of this like mysterious thing to it. It's like, Oh, what else is there about this game that I don't know? Um, yes. Which was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it definitely was, I mean, just contextually like that, the time when that system was out and even like after probably the SNES came out, like video games, the landscape is obviously completely different today where, it, you can't almost you can't count how many games are out there yeah. and how many come out each day but back then there were so few and also i not every person at least my family didn't have like a crazy library at the time until yeah. i became interested in it and then we got some other tie-ins like 
Bart versus Radioactive Man is one I or Bart and Radioactive Man, whatever. I yep, one yep. of those for me. Of course, played both uh, the TMNT, but also the arcade version. Oh yeah, on the NES. Yep. Um, but before that, and I think maybe for people who had them these systems casually, like I would assume they just played these games over and over, and yeah. so they could find those secrets whether they knew them or not. Yeah, I mean they. I think they only had a handful of other games. Um, I, I remember uh, Star Tropics was one of them. What a game! <laughs> yep, uh, which was great, but way too complicated for for me at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zelda, which uh, also for me was way too complicated. Great, but me too. Yeah, I could, I could not get very far in that. And then I think they had like what was the uh, what was the f- very primitive football game for nes it was like oh, Bowl or something yeah um, tech mobile yeah yeah yes. <laughs> which was yeah um but that i think those those were the only games that they had so yeah i would just find myself playing 90 percent of the time playing mario and once in a while putting duck hunt in there but yes yeah. uh that's that's so uh fun and such a blast uh would you so we talked about this basement and i know you were three and you've said the memories aren't that specific. So truly whatever you remember is fine, if anything. Can you do a little scene painting for me on what you remember this basement being like yeah. as oh, yeah. much as you might? Totally. Um, no, so they they had this beautiful house in western New York, uh, a, a small city called Lockport. Um, mm. And um, our, our house was probably four blocks away maybe. And uh, – but anyways, it was – beautiful house i think two stories in the basement and attic uh kind of like we were talking about and um (laughs) the entryway it was weird the house had two different sets of stairs to get upstairs and then kind of in the entry you'd go in and and there was a little room that had the door that led down to the basement and when you first walked down like on the left side uh there were the laundry machines and pipes and the walls were all brick um, uh, Greg had an old, have you ever heard of bumper pool, an old bumper pool table? It's like, it's like a, an, I think octagonal pool table that has sure. all these little bumpers in the middle of it. I th- it must've been big in like the eighties or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he had that there. And then there was, you move across the room, there was like a little bit of carpet and a bunch of boxes just of storage stuff. Mm-hmm. And on the ground was this, uh, you know, TV in a, a wooden case and next to it, you know, in a box was all the NES accessories and stuff. And, yes. But yeah, it's one of those ones where you like, you know, turn a knob on the TV, put it to channel three. Um, <laughs> and I would just sit on the floor in front of the TV. Um, yeah. And uh, a Kate, they had a, a, a cat named Sneakers that would occasionally sneak down and like sit at my feet while I was Very playing the game. Um, which is, yeah, which was super cool. And, uh, but yeah, once in a while, like they're, you know, kind of like home alone, you'd hear like, you know, the boiler or or noises from the pipes (laughs) and like, it would freak me out and I would just like zero in on the game and try not to look behind me. Totally. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. That's really sweet. Um, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you, but now that you finished that part, I, I rudely didn't ask earlier, but what's your cat's name? 
Oh yes, I have I have two cats. The one the, the noisy one you heard earlier is Oakley, um, <laughs> who likes to stand outside my my office door and scream at me. And then uh, the other one is Grayson. Um, nice. Yeah, and they're, they're I have, both. I, yeah, I have another friend who has a cat named Grayson, and he would he would say he said he named him that because he was a gray cat and he's his gray son. Yep, which, same, same. Yep, there we go. Yep. Um, oh my gosh. Are you my friend, Alan? Oh, yeah, are we? Uh, <laughs> the other, the other, like, uh, secret part of his name is it's like sort of after Dick Grayson, so that we can just be calling him a dick when we need to. Um, <laughs> when he's rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, so, first of all, thank you for a. Thank you for doing that scene painting for me, and b. That was so vivid. Like, it, I can really, I really got a sense of how like specific of a memory this is for you, and it's really impressive how sometimes we can remember something so far back and how detailed it was yeah where like i can't remember like what i did yesterday or where i was and all that jazz (laughs) i mean i don't have memory problems i'm just i'm exaggerating a bit but um uh, so i would like to dive in a little bit of uh whether it was this trip or or other times visiting them at this place, like what your families would do or like anything else you remember about visiting them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd, we'd probably go up and stay for like a week or two. And, and my, on my dad's side, we had family still living in Western New York. So we'd visit mm. my grandparents. We'd visit my aunt. Um, I had a couple of cousins that were living up there. So, um, you know, we would do that and, and, you know, it's, it's Western New York. There's not a ton of activities in uh-huh. the summer, but, um, uh, some of the cooler things that we got to do were like Buffalo wing festivals that, Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah. So we'd go, go try different kinds of wings and, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was rad. And, and also like, as I got a little bit older, I'm trying to think of when this would have been like. I don't know, maybe by the time I was getting to be eight or nine or something, um, we'd go to these like flea markets or, or small, uh, stores and stuff. And back then that was when you could find NES and super NES games, like working in perfect condition for really cheap prices. So at some point I expanded their library a little bit. Like I still didn't have a system at home, but we got like super Mario three and, um, the old like arcade style NES controller and all yes. that stuff. And so I like, I let it live at their house, but it was like, Oh, I could finally play those there. Um, that's amazing, which is super cool. And eventually, uh, later on, this was after, this is so many years later, like after it was even a thing, but I think I was visiting when I was like probably 12 or 13. And one of those same places is where I bought, a super Nintendo for myself. Um, no way. Yeah. Which was like, this was like after I had, you know, PS two and all that, but yeah. I, I still wanted the system, you know, I still love those games and, um, emulators and ROMs were not a thing back at that point. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think I got an SNES for like $20 or something. And that's really cool. Um, I, yeah. I can relate to that specifically about the SNES is the console that like, and there, there, there would come to be more of these, but that I never had, but my best friend had it, and I thought it was so cool. Even though I already had, like, an N64 yeah, yep. and then a GameCube, I was like, 
there was something about it. I think it was just so like the games were so good on that console, and it yeah. was so the the graphical style, even with the limitations, was just awesome. So yeah. like, I'm I'm like living through you talking about getting <laughs> your first one back then. Uh, that's yeah. so cool. Have you? So uh, do. You, when was the last time you would have uh, made a trip up there? Were you still, would you have still been pretty young? Um, I mean, we, so they, they moved from that house probably when I was in high school to another house still in Western New York. Um, and we didn't get to visit quite as often, but mm-hmm. once in a while we'll go up there for like for Thanksgiving or to visit. Yeah. So I was, I was up there, was it last two years, two years ago. Uh, oh, cool. And um, they they have a basement. They still have uh, the NES hooked up down there. Obviously, it's a lot more uh, uh, high tech now. Big TV yeah. screen, and there's other consoles and stuff hooked up to it too. But they still have it. And um, you know, it's it's neat going to to revisit that. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's Andrew's room. Whenever you come back, <laughs> yeah, it spot. becomes it becomes my basement. It's like it's also one of those things where like. We live in LA, so it's not a common thing for people to have basements. But it's yeah. like I, I really want to have a basement someday in the future, just so that I can yes. like recreate my own version of that. Um, Gosh, I want the same. Hope, I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping for both of us. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've got a few more questions for you. Um, the first of which is uh, you've you've already given me so much like rich detail from like visiting them and the stuff you would do. So it's okay if you don't have an answer to this question, but do you have like a, a specific memory of whether it's related to the game or just like being there um, that you didn't get to discuss yet? Whether it's like, oh, we went and did this or, I mean, again, you've given me a lot, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I, uh and was it, are you an only child? Would it just be you? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like if, if my parents had more kids, that may have been something that they <laughs> invested in sooner, just, uh, just as a distraction. Um, sure. But, um, I guess, I guess beating it, uh, I haven't really talked about, yeah. uh, which, which I, the first time I did was on, the Game Boy Color and it was it was amazing because it was like the first, you know, after playing it probably thousands of times trying mm-hmm. to get, um, you know, I, th- I think that one part that was so hard for most people is is in world. I think it's I think it's eight three, but there's a there's two blocks and then a huge gap that you have to you have to oh. sprint over, basically sprint over air to jump and make it. And for the longest time, couldn't get that. And um Mm. but anyways uh years years later we were visiting lockport i was in their basement and uh um i had already beaten it on the deluxe but i had never beaten it on the nes before and like i knew i was getting close because i was like on the last level so i like i pulled out i had a a dv camera uh video camera (laughs) and like just hit record because it was like i need to you know memorialize this and um and like i i wasn't disappointed by the ending like i'm sure a lot of people were but Uh you know i mean what else you know you get you get there the princess is there um what else can what else can you ask for um i don't know if i i 
I'm sure I did at some point, but I know definitely that point I didn't go play through it again because after, mm-hmm. after you beat it the first time, you can play the game again and it's harder because instead mm-hmm. of the um, Goombas, it's it's the guys with the shells, right? Like they change them. I can't remember, remember what the yeah. differences are. Yeah, so basically yeah. like they move a little bit faster and instead of Goombas, like in the first world, it's the guys with the black shells. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. so I, I think at that point I was just so like happy that I beat it again that yeah. I was like, that's good enough for me and turned it <laughs> off. Um, yes. But uh, but yeah, just just that like feeling of like, oh, my God, I finally did it was uh, was super fun. And um, you got to do it there and do it there. Yeah, that's yeah. so that's almost cathartic. That's <laughs> it so is. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. So one one last thing I wanted to ask you about um, was uh, like the influence that the game um, I feel like you had shared a little bit or previewed a bit like this game had some influence on you in some way. I don't know if it was artistically or whatever. So I just wanted to give you a chance to share about that. Yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah, I like, I think I've been really drawn to pixel art and that style as a result of that game. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've, I'd say I'm like a novice pixel art artist. Uh, I've, I've started doing that in the past probably five years. Um, just like on my iPad and, uh, which is a lot of fun and kind of makes you think about drawing in a different way, just cause you're, you're really having to simplify these shapes. And, um, but it, it also made me want to do more with that style. So I, I actually pitched an animated series a few years ago, um, that was in that art style. And I worked with oh. pixel artists who were really great, much better <laughs> than me at doing that. And, <laughs> and so we did all the characters that way. did a few backgrounds that way. Um, I have to plug one of them, uh, whose name's Brandon James Greer, who has an amazing series on YouTube talking about pixel art and teaching you how to how to do oh, it. Oh, cool! Um, he's amazing, and then uh, Nelson Wu, who um, is an incredible pixel artist. Both both of them are amazing, but they help me kind of develop those those characters and worlds uh, in that style. And, yeah, um, it's uh, it's a sci fi adventure, and uh, we we did a ton of work on it, and didn't have a lot of luck in the animation space, but sure. we worked it as a graphic novel that is uh, out there right now and has a couple of interested publishers. So, um, but I'm hoping that it'll be, I don't know if it'll be the very first, but it'll be one of the, one of the first graphic novels that's fully done in that style. And, yeah. um, you know, I think, I think more than nostalgia, like nostalgia, obviously, appeals to people like us. If we see a cover that's in pixel art, like that's what we think of. But I think also just, there's so many kids nowadays that see that style and other things are triggered for them, whether it's Minecraft or whether it's Mario maker or something else, it's still something that is kind of timeless. And to me, doesn't feel, you know, if you revisit some of the early PS one or 64 games, it doesn't really hold up. It's, it's its own style, but it's like, it, it doesn't age very well versus I think the NES and SNES era of games, that stuff looks still looks really beautiful in its yeah. own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, but I'd, I'd love to use that. And I, I'm always really happy and surprised when I see it being used. Um, there's, there's some great artists out there like Paul Robertson and uh, who's done 
bumps on Adult Swim, like for that are entirely animated in that style, mm. or um, segments of shows like I think he was the same guy who did the opening, uh, like the Simpsons couch gag that was entirely in pixel art. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm always delighted to see it like in mainstream media like that. The most recent thing I saw, which also is just a great movie is, uh, have you seen Tetris with Taron Egerton? Haven't seen it yet. It was it, one of, one of my favorite movies this year so far. Oh. Um, uh, especially, especially as, as somebody who loves games, I think you'd like it a lot, but there's, yeah. there's a chase sequence where, uh, they have the cars turn into pixelated cars for the oh. sequence, and uh, and the the chapters like between act breaks they have little pixel art animated sequences. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 had a huge influence on me for that, and um, I, uh, I I hope that I get to make something with it yeah. <laughs> someday. Yeah, I'm sure you will, and that's that's fantastic. Um, well. Andrew, before we head to our uh, post-show segments, um, I did just want to give you a chance to uh, either, you know, wrap up your feelings about, like, whatever place this game holds for you, um, or uh, or if there's something you didn't get to say about it, wanted to give you the chance to do that now. Yeah, you know, it's, I I love it. I, th- I think it's one of the one of the most iconic games uh, of all time. Admittedly, I don't think it's, just as far as gameplay, it's probably not the strongest or best mm-hmm. Super Mario game, um, but uh, yeah, it laid the groundwork for for platformers. Um, it's so well designed. If you go back and you play the first level, really teaches you how to play the game. Like mm-hmm. it's, yes, you know, like from from the get go, it's and I, I've I've watched great videos about this. Uh, how basically it it trains your eye to say, Hey, you're moving left to right this whole game. And, um, you know, these are your enemies that you're going to have to jump over. These are the blocks that have good things in them. It's, it's just really, it's so well designed. And I think it, uh, it just became the standard for so many games going forward. And so much was learned from that game. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's one that I I hope people who haven't played it give it give it a shot. Even if you know, it's, and it's a lot easier to play now if you play on like Switch or something where you can yeah. just rewind and and you know you don't have to start over at the very beginning unless you're a purist and uh, force yourself to. But uh, right. <laughs> but no, I'm just I'm I'm grateful that the game exists and I've had so many good memories with it and. Uh, because of that have have probably bought it on every platform that it that yes. you know they've made ports for it just just because I like revisiting it brings me back to that simpler time so I'm glad well hey thank you for bringing it on uh finally being the person to do so so we could talk course, about yeah. it here you know extensively on the show um but I'll go ahead and lead us into our first uh post show segment the fact me by your game segment and that's just where I share some fun facts about the game with my guest. Uh, so both of these just come from the uh, uh, Wikipedia article about the game. Uh, I've got two for you today. The first of which I have titled Storage Space is Precious. Uh, Super Mario Brothers was developed for a cartridge which with 250 kilobits of program code data and 64 kilobits of sprite and background graphics. Uh, due to the storage limitation... The designers happily considered uh, their aggressive search for space-saving opportunities 
to be akin to their own fun television game show competition, I guess. Um, so, uh, for instance, clouds and bushes in the game's backgrounds use the same sprite that's just recolored. Have you noticed this or seen this out there before? I, I have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It fooled me as a kid, so... Totally. I, <laughs> yeah, it's it something works. that I'll genuinely not even remember when I'm playing it until, Same. like, it's yeah. pointed out. Um, yep. I guess they also um, uh, used uh, sound effects that were recycled, uh, like the sound when Mario is damaged is a, is the same one as when he enters a pipe, which people probably... I think I noticed the sound stuff more. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mario jumping on an enemy, uh, like, smushing a Goomba is the same as, like, when he swims. So, oh, okay. yeah, um, so sense. they were just always finding the creative ways to stay to save storage space. Uh, the second fact I have for us, I have titled the original lost level. Now, the minus world or negative world, or as it also it's known, world negative one is an unbeatable glitch level present in the original NES release. Uh, this isn't something I knew about. Are you aware of this at all? I I think I saw a video about it, but I never found it or played it myself. Yeah. So apparently in World 1-2, the first underground level, uh, it contains a hidden warp zone, which we know about, uh, that can transport the level to – or the player to levels uh, – or excuse me, worlds 2, 3, or 4. Um, that's, of course, by running over a wall near the exit but not going to the exit. Um, now, if the player is able to exploit a bug, which allows Mario to pass through bricks – the player can enter uh, the warp zone by passing through the wall and uh, entering the pipe to world uh, two or four. Um, so when they do this, it may uh, it may transfer the player to an underwater stage labeled world minus one. I guess this map is identical to worlds uh, two, two and seven, two. Um, but basically um, the player... It's, it's an unbeatable level that you keep getting sent back to the beginning of it um, mm. until you lose all of your lives. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, and I, I, I have you ever played, uh, by the way, the, the Lost Levels, which is technically Super Mario Brothers 2? Yes. I, uh, I played, let's see, <clears throat> I, I guess on um, Super Mario All-Stars on the SNES. I think that's how I played it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's, it's a, like I... Anyway, just a totally brutal game that oh I'm like, God. this is for yeah. someone, but uh, I will rarely try it. Um, and this sort of reminds me of that, uh, of just being as beatable as those <laughs> levels. Well, not true, but yeah, anyway. I was so, uh, I, I, I felt so betrayed the first time. I it was like, oh, a purple mushroom. What? It, and then, you know. And then yeah, it it's poison. Again. Yeah. Um, that'll do it for the fact me buy your game segment and i'll lead us into the final one the game recommendations now as you've probably heard andrew this is my one forced tie-in to the movie call me by your name where i am going to treat super mario brothers as your passionate summer love that you had in italy your fling that it unfortunately is not going to work out but in order to get you back out there and on your feet dating again i'm going to give you three potential flings that all have something in common with this game um So I'll go ahead and list those out for you right now. Uh, The first of which is if you like your Mario platformer, but you need it on the go, which is I almost recommended Deluxe to you, but I'm glad I didn't at this point because you talked about it so much. Uh, The first Mario uh, platformer uh, on on a handheld system, Super Mario Land 1. Have you played this one? I have, yes. Another classic. I love – 
as much as I have a lot of nostalgia for this one because one of my cousins had it, but um, actually, coincidentally, the episode before this one is actually on the sequel, Super Mario Land 2, Six oh. Golden Coins, which is like, I mean, that's the real good yeah, one. Yeah, that, yeah. They're, they're both fun. Yeah, Golden Coins, uh, I think I had, I think I got that before Super Mario Land, uh, the, the first one. one. Yeah, yes. And, but, um, but I still enjoyed playing them both. They were both a lot of fun. Mario Land One is is really great, and you can play through in it through it in like an hour and a half. If yep. it's that short of a game, if you have, I mean, you need some lives, but yeah, it's pretty fun and simple. But uh, that's the first recommendation. The second recommendation in this game is heavily featured Mario eating mushrooms. Well, he really touches them, but we can assume he's eating them. <laughs> and in, if instead of eating food, you want a game where you can make some food. Pizza, in this case. Mm-hmm. I'll recommend to you Pizza Tycoon, a game I had never heard of until today. <laughs> I, I have never played Pizza Tycoon. <laughs> so it's exactly what it sounds like. It's one, It's um, It's um. a business sim where you are uh, creating, you're basically a manager of a pizza restaurant. I'll go ahead and drop the a link to you in chat of just like the Wikipedia article. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, this came out. Uh, uh, on the Amiga, MS-DOS, Windows, uh, Mac, and then Linux. So this was a piece, basically a computer game only. I I love how the like the guy in the cover just looks like a mean version of Mario. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was really ha- just to make sure you know that like it's Italian focused. Even his like I don't know his scarf is like it's the, the flag. Italian flag. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, truly couldn't tell you if this game is any good or not, but that's your second recommendation. Excellent. And the final one is if your takeaway from this game was that you love the brothers and you need another game with brothers uh, tied together who are, you know, just working through an adventure, I'll recommend a game that I I do want to play someday called Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Do you know this game at all? I don't, no. So this was made... By the same person who made a, a one of the game like a, one of the biggest games of the year from 2021 uh, called uh, gosh why can't I I'm, I'll think of it in a second um, okay. great hosting by me <laughs> uh, tale of two sons um, oh it takes two is the game I'm thinking of oh okay but okay. this is a game that was made in 2013 uh, originally came out on uh, the 360 uh, but it's made by the same people who made it takes two so it's actually um, it, it, this is a game where you're literally playing as two brothers solving puzzles, going through a world together. Um, and it was really well reviewed. So, Hey, if the brothers are your thing, then yeah, here's another I, option for you. You know, I like only child, but I'm, I'm constantly surrounded by siblings. We got my, our, tur- <laughs> our turtle brothers and the yes. Mario brothers. It's, uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll be following you around forever. Um, I'll check that well, out. Thank you. Anyway, I'll go ahead and wrap up the recommendations. Of course, your three recs today are Super Mario Land 1, Pizza Tycoon, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. That'll do it for the recommendations, and that will bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and plug whatever we want, uh, Andrew, just wanted to say thanks again for joining me for this episode, dude. It was so fun to hear from you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it was great to hear from you about your life and like what this game meant to you. And honestly, just nice to have a chance to catch up. No, no, it's been great. I love, I love getting to talk about uh, uh, playing weird, weird old games in my Godfather's basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this, this is a blast. Thanks for having me. 
of course. Uh, and I, I feel I just uh, called to, to to bring this up now, but uh, this is two episodes in a row where, where there's been some uh, a basement that has been talked about significantly. So basements <laughs> are all the rage. Um, you're so welcome. Uh, on our way out, though, uh, whether it's social media or anything else you have going on, um, is there any other plugs you have or that you want to repeat from earlier? Yeah, no, I... I, I does not need for me to say so, but uh, please, please go see uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Me and Mayhem, uh, now in, in theaters everywhere. Um, uh, I am on. See your theater. name in the credits. It, it, my name's in the credits. Uh, certain certain showings you might see the top of my head in a vignette at the at the beginning of it. Um, Ooh, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm on the internet. Uh, I know I know Twitter is kind of like falling apart at the moment. But, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I I'm still on there for now. Is is at Ajustra, um, and uh, that's I, I'm sure if it doesn't work out there, I'll be on be on the other places wherever people land. Um, Killer. But um, yeah, that's that's it for me. I, I if uh, if that graphic novel comes together, it'll be called Craters. So keep an eye out for that. Um, very cool and uh, i love it yeah well hey thanks again and i'll go ahead and just close this out with some plugs of my own the show art for call me by your game is done by glenn j you can find him and his other great work on instagram at glenn with two n's dot j a y the show is produced by jeremy schmidt you can give him a tip of your cap and thank him for helping with the show by checking out his podcast video games a comedy show uh, where you get, uh, where you can get anywhere you listen to podcasts, and if you like the idea of those fantasy draft desert island episodes, uh, we've got another one coming up pretty dang soon. So go ahead and follow the show and check those old ones out. Uh, you can also follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe, um, and then which which is where I am on Twitter and Instagram. On on Blue Sky, I'm just Connor McCabe, all one word. Um, so you can find me there too. And I stream on Twitch as well at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And lastly, like I said earlier, check us out on Patreon. If you love the conversations that I have with people about video games, you're going to like a lot of what you find there. Again, we're at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where, like I said, we've got our Sonic Adventure Games Club going on now. And then once a month, I also host a bonus podcast where I have, uh, it's a, it's a, it's basically a panel version of this show, the co-op series, where I have a group of people on to talk about a meaningful game. Uh, most recently, we just did, speaking of Star Wars games, Andrew, we did an episode on uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I don't know if you know about that one at all. I do. I, I played the first one. I have not played the new one. Oh, new, nice. Or, or the, yeah, I haven't played the new one. But uh. Uh, I Honestly, I ended up liking it better than the first one. I Ooh, think there's some okay. things... I think... I don't think everyone's in agreement with me, though. They're narratively, I'll say, I think the first one is stronger. Um, but a lot of other things I actually really liked better about the second one. So if you want, anyone wants to hear a conversation with me and some friends on that, that'll, that's already out. And then coming up for this month, we'll have an episode on Grim Fandango, the old uh, point-and-click adventure, which we were talking about you know double fine off of the off of the podcast and on the break but it's another tim schaefer game uh anyway that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game we will see you on the next one